The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Twenty Three Personnel Podcast. I'm your host Spencer, joined by Michael and Ray. Today, hello everybody, Mr. Ray Charles. If if anybody's seen Sandlot, they remember this playing in the background during all the the fireworks scene. Fan- fantastic. Hope everybody had a good festive, safe Fourth. Yes, Fourth of July. But turn it down. That's good. That was a good one. All right, we have a lot to get to this week. We are starting our countdown into the 2019 football season. And we're going to drag you guys through the mud for a little bit. Yeah, it's going to be a little rough. It's going to be a little rough the next two episodes. So um, just uh, just hang in there. Yeah. We are going to talk a little a little basketball. There, there, there's some positive there, right? Um, you got some former Red Raiders competing for spots on NBA rosters. Um, we are going to talk some football, including NFL. Mahomes won an award tonight. We are recording on Wednesday, a day later than usual. We had to get the, the All-Star game in, really, just because. Yep. Some, had some scheduling issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, had some players from Texas Tech inducted into the, the Tech Football Hall of Fame. Uh, we're getting ready for Big 12 Media Days next week. That's already on us. The media selected the preseason All-Big 12. And then we're going to start our, our countdown of the best and worst games of the past decade. Yes. Um, shout best, out. Best and worst football games. We're yes. All, we're all into one sport here. It was hard enough to pick these. Right. <laughs> shout, shout out to, uh, to the ace man, to my buddy Adam, for... Uh, coming up with this idea just kind of we're, we're going to use it as a form of levity a little bit of um hey uh this season could it could be rough we have no idea maybe not uh there were some winning percentages released today from espn that did were kind of favorable did you see that we had a more favorable chance against utep than montana state i think it was half a percent though okay but still <laughs> Half a percent better against UTEP, like on the road too, than at home yeah. versus Montana. I don't State. like playing UTEP in El Paso. I I have bad memories of barely getting out of there alive, and I think '06, one of the Harold's Harold's first years as a starter, I think. And Webb. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and we had they had some guy run 200 yards on. I don't remember Aaron Jones. Yeah, because we were scared he's going to do it again when he was a year better the following year when they did the return trip to Lubbock. But like on a 90 yard run, he like that was blew out his hammy. Oh gosh. Yeah. I forgot he got hurt. Yeah. And we we're like, 
we're good. Well, that's <laughs> we just wanted y'all to know that you know, hey, we're not we're not all doom and gloom here on the twenty three personnel podcast. But S- uh, stick with us; we will get to the best yeah, games too. But but we're we're realistic and and kind of what our plan's going to be. I'm sure we'll go into a little bit more later, but um, over a course of four episodes, we're going to go through our honorable mention. Worst losses of the last decade. And which then, will be tonight. Which will be tonight. And then we'll dissect what we consider the three worst losses of oh, the decade. Each of us will have three different games. So six more that we'll have to go through next next episode. So for those keeping track, that we will have seven games tonight that didn't make it on every list. We'll have 13 bad losses to go over. Yeah. And we feel that... The seven you hear tonight, there are six that are actually worse, and we will go into detail as to why we think that next mm-hmm. week. And then the following, we're going to do the same thing with the wins, basically. Yep, we're going to do our, our honorable mention wins, and then the following episode we'll do our best three wins. Uh, and we're just doing the past decade, so 2009 yeah. to 2018. Yeah, so, so sorry, 28 to 2008, <laughs> you, you had us set there for, for good. Our one good year is, is, is not going to count. It does not count in this exercise. So because we're, we have a lot of games to talk about, let's, let's get to basketball. Um, one, that picture from the Timberwolves where they, they showed, uh, it was like a, a photo shoot with Jarrett Culver and they're like all white uniforms with the, the two-tone blue accents. So clean. That was sharp. It was really, really good looking. You know, I was like, man, like, Blue, like 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 it was like a navy blue, and white, and like a, a lighter blue accent. It's like, ugh, that's that's nice. They have come a long way since the Kevin Garnett days because I remember that green and black combo. That ugh, no, it 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 was kind of cool looking for the '90s, but it just I still don't know if it was even even going back to it. I don't know if it was actually that cool looking. But this is such a dramatic shift from that over you know course of twenty years. You what remember, a what a good looking uniform. Speaking of like bad old uniforms, you remember the Raptors old uniforms? They were like purple. Oh, the purple. And then the Raptor was like pink. Yeah, and it was a ridiculous looking like he's cartoon raptor. He was dribbling <laughs> yeah, with like shoes on. <laughs> yes. It's good times. Kind of like those birds with teeth. Mm-hmm. That makes about as much sense. To Jayhawk, you mean? Yeah, and the Cardinals. Yeah. I think the Cardinals, uh, depending on which Cardinal you talk about, has teeth. Yeah, so it... Um, news is coming out that the Timberwolves are not planning on playing Jarrett Culver this summer. Uh, they're getting him acclimated to the system. What it sounds like they're getting him in their strength and conditioning program and then learning their system. I don't know how, how better to describe that Yeah, to get him ready for the fall. So it sounds like they're not going to risk injuring him this summer which to me says they have plans for playing him a lot. Yeah, or at least exciting. or at least getting him on the roster and keeping him on the roster. I I would take that as a good sign. Mm-hmm. Um cuz you know Smith, Zaire Smith played quite a bit last summer. Um but everyone wasn't quite sure if he was actually going to make the roster or make the team and I don't think he he only played a handful of games last year. Obviously, most of that was because he was deathly sick mm-hmm. with a severe allergic reaction for months uh you know was out of commission i forget what he lose 40 pounds or was it more oh, than something. that 
But anyway, I mean, that it's like was talking about like Davis Webb getting sick and losing 40 pounds. Like he didn't have 40 pounds to lose. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, but that was obviously a big part of it. But I think they are treating Culver a little bit differently. It, it does sound like he's probably going to make the roster and may get start getting into the rotation as the season goes along. And that's really exciting, especially for um, lifelong T Wolves fan, our buddy Kyle. Kyle Jacobson. Yep. Um, so I, I'm going to share. That's not a, that's not a, sorry. I just want to make sure I'm not. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But I'm not being sarcastic. He's He's got family from Minnesota, and he's he's loved the T-Wolves for forever. It, I think yeah. he truly is a lifelong T-Wolves fan. I know when I say that, sometimes it's being sarcastic. I was going to tell a story of Kyle's, mainly because I like the way... So he posts on Facebook about the... Um, a deer ran into him while he was oh driving on the gosh. highway. Yeah. Um, and he was, he was giving an update basically on how, how they all are. He and his wife are fine. The car was a little bit damaged. They had to pull off part of the bumper. Um, he said he, by the time he stopped, he didn't actually see the deer. Um, and he, he said status unknown, but likely more than, uh, oh my gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to ruin this anyways. Oh, you had, no, I think, I it, think it, you it had it in slack, there, but it was, it was from a couple of days ago, so we're never going to find it. No, I, I'm going to search it. Uh, damage to deer unconfirmed, but probably beyond cosmetic. Hashtag, right. hashtag RIP. <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, so sucks it happened, Kyle. But yeah. um, congrats on, on landing the winning the Culver lottery. I know. Really, really excited for you guys. You, you, you deserve a playoff win. Mm-hmm. So we talked about this before, but Matt Mooney did sign with the Atlanta Hawks. There may be some roster moves that are creating space for him. Michael, yeah, our our guy uh, Mike Labar posted in our Slack chat a few days ago that the Hawks just traded a bench player, which increases Mooney's odds to actually make the the roster. And I know that these, gosh, whoever runs these Twitter accounts for these. Uh, these NBA teams during summer league, they are busy because if I can just log onto Twitter and randomly see Matt Mooney highlights, I, I'm just thrilled because he's draining threes. He's, um, uh, there was, there was one really cool highlight of him in the lane where he pump faked 
and the guy jumped so high and completely around him, and then Mooney pivoted around the opposite direction, pivoted backwards counterclockwise, put up a shot, the guy fouled him, and, he, and Mooney made it. So I don't know if it was an official and one or not, but I know he went to the line after that. It was a very Mooney-esque play, and it was just cool to see him do that in the NBA. So I, I mean, I'm hoping that there's a little bit of hype with him that he's going to be yeah. able to, to to make a roster. That that would just be fantastic. That that would surprise me. Not that I don't think he's deserving. I just I just don't know if uh, you know coaches would give him the shot. But he's obviously an impressive kid and a, a really good player. Other guys to keep an eye out on this summer trying to make a spot for themselves to Rico Owens. Um, and then I did see that Keenan Evans has, has been playing a lot more. Um, I did too. I think is he playing with, with Zaire Smith? I think that's right. He's on, he's on a roster with, I think it is. I think it is Zaire Smith. Yeah. And of course we want to keep up with Zaire as well, being as he was the, the highest drafted guy since, Tony Batie until Culver went this year. So, any other basketball news? I'm not like a big association guy, as Noth- they say. Nothing in you know relation to Texas Tech, uh, aside from Kawhi making his big trade with Paul George. Uh, they're they're landing in the Clippers now, so the Clippers are immediately a contender, which is so fun. The NBA has. Their off season is really exciting. It's it's strange to have such an exciting off season because even the draft was exciting this year. It was cool to see uh, where Zion Williamson. I mean, you knew where he was going to go, but mm-hmm. just to see the draft and see him go, and it, of course, having Culver in there made it way more interesting for me. But the NBA, this all these trades. I forget who else went to. Uh, oh, uh, Kyrie Irving and. Kevin Durant are with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I saw that. So it's just, it's nuts. The The Raptors are immediately trash again. Um, <laughs> I mean, not again. They they were really, they've been a really solid team the last three or four years, but they're not going to be. they're not going to be contending for another title. No, no, <laughs> I don't think so. I think you're going to have, definitely the Clippers will be up there in the West. Unfortunately, LA will be up there now that they've got AD with, with uh, LeBron, um, the Nets maybe just coming at you from the east. I uh, don't know. That's it's weird to say. Everything is odd. And then meanwhile, my Spurs are just kind of sitting on their hands, hoping something good happens. Yeah, so the the moves I've seen the Mavericks make, I'm like, I don't even know who these guys are. Oh, no. Well, and the the big move that the Spurs made the other day, this guy I never except heard for, of. Except for Christophus. Yeah, Porzingis. Porzingis. Now he would be great. I know him, but um, the other guys I've said, like I don't know who that is. Yeah, but this I can't even remember who the Spurs were supposedly signed the other day. Uh, news just broke out a day or two after that that I think his name was Mason. I don't even know. <laughs> he would uh, he was all of a sudden um, possibly pulling out of that deal to sign with the Knicks, which the Knicks have been just hammered by how terribly they've been run and how they've not been able to get any players or any really good guys. They've been bad since like the nineties, right? You know, they had uh, the Sprewell years were good. 
they made the finals. Gosh, that was the 90s. That was 99, I think, when the Spurs won. That was the year of the lockout. Whatever year that was, they did make the finals that year. And then that was it. You're right. I, I think they may have made the playoffs a couple of times since Sprewell. And was it Van Gundy was their coach? Um, but that was, yeah, that was it. I mean, when Ewing was there, of course, they were mm-hmm. a force. But I mean, Ewing's. <laughs> yeah, he's like retiring from broadcast. That was that so. was early '90s. So it's it's been a while since yeah. the Knicks have been. Um, you know, they had Lynn Sanity there for a little bit. That was mm-hmm. kind of fun. That was fun. Carmelo was there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I, I've anyway, that was sitting. just basketball's talk. Uh, sorry, we had an NBA segment this this week. Yeah, unplanned. Let's talk about some football. Let's do it because we're we're getting closer, man. Every I every day. I can't believe it. We're under two it. months. Yeah, um, I actually saw on the Twitter. I was looking at it. Um, gosh, what was it? We got an Amber Alert going on here. Yeah, I got to figure out how to silence my phone before I put it back on the table. Um, and I lost what I was going to say. No, sorry. It was on the, on the Texas Tech Twitter. They're doing like a countdown, and they're 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 featuring the guy that's wearing the jersey of the number of days left. And oh, that's it, it right. Yeah. Jack Anderson from, it was either today or yesterday or whatever it was, 56 days until kickoff. So under two months. Um, but we're going to talk about the, the, the ESPYs, NFL MVP, and now ESPYs best NFL player, former Texas Tech footballer, Patrick Mahomes. How about that? Best NFL player. That's pretty good. I wonder if I wonder if he did a speech. Do you think he did a speech? Is that how they do those? I have never seen an SB. No. So was was who was wasn't it Tracy? I keep wanting to say what his character's name was on Forty Rock. I mean Thirty Rock. Thirty Rock. <laughs> wow. I keep wanting to say Tracy Jordan, but that's not right. Oh my gosh. So What's this guy's name, I think he's hosting it. How am I blanking on this? This is embarrassing. Okay, well, while you figure that out, Morgan Tracy Morgan. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Tracy Morgan. All right, Hillary Huffman, one of um, fans of the show. She she replied to the the tweet from Texas Tech with the gif of uh, Mahomes at one of the March Madness games flexing. Yes, <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> and he's doing like he's sitting in front of the Jarrett Culver's brothers and then is that travis kelsey that was with him yeah it was just always pounding constantly pounding beers <laughs> yeah okay um so congrats to mahomes of course yeah. we know how great he was we we're going to talk about unfortunately some of the worst games the past decade um mahomes played in but like just is unfortunate that things couldn't align better where we could yeah, put two things together and win some more games with Mahomes. The uh, 2019 Texas Tech Football Hall of Fame class was announced. Uh, Mike Sears and Dwayne Slay. You just got slayed. Are this year's inductees. The, I, I only recognize Dwayne Slay's name, and he predated my Texas Tech fandom, but he was still relatively recent enough that when I got there, they, they were still talking about him. I feel like he was 05. No. Yeah, 05, 05. or 06. Mm-hmm. Maybe was, both. The, the There was that one uh, highlight we saw. Like He just destroyed that Kansas State Kansas quarterback State like, twice. Yeah. 
Like that poor dude like had some long standing. I'm pretty sure I was there for effects of those hits. A couple of those. And then Mike Sears. So congrats to those two guys being inducted into the Texas Tech Hall of Fame. I wonder if they will do... Is that different from the Ring of Honor? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. They still might. I could see them still bringing them out during halftime or okay, really quickly, pregame you, or something this year. Who do you think would be the next Ring of Ring of Honor? So the last one was... Um, what are the requirements? You just have to be... I don't know. The last one was uh, Gabe Rivera. Well, or uh, wasn't it Zach Thomas? Or Zach Thomas, one of those two. I, know, I think Gabe Rivera was a year or two ago. I thought Zach Thomas was there this past year, perhaps. Probably Bart Rager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So his his PR video, I, I have to talk about this for a second. Th- those I haven't seen the second one. I haven't had the stomach to see the second one. It's even worse. It's even cringier than the first one. Um, there's a, a lot of this video is like him directly in front of a camera. So not like, like off center where he's talking to somebody. He's like, he's supposed to be talking into the camera, but he's like looking off and down and like he's shaking. I was yeah. like, is this dude going through withdrawals? Is he, is he in a bump of something right now? Or like, he looks rough. Well, I mean, it's been a rough year. Well, we're like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't had the I haven't had the stomach to watch this one yet. How, how long was it? The eight. last one was twelve minutes. This one's eight. Okay, all right. maybe I can do that. It's, it it set up more like like a newscast. He's he's really pulling on his uh, PR background here. Okay. Mike Dulcifino. And it, 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 there was a lot of focus on coming Shane. up next on, on current affairs. Yep, a lot of focus on Shane Smith as the CFO. Yeah, yeah, of doing course. Dirty work, and then how Bart Rager was helping um, the pastor of an Abernathy Baptist church who had two of their parishioners win the lottery and they were going to help like rebuild their building, whatever they bought a new van for the church Mm -hmm. through Rager Dykes. And they were one of the ones that were caught up. Like they never got the the title for it. And Oh, so like, but look, Bart is personally responding and trying to help track this title down. I was like, okay, cool. What about the, hundred other vehicles that yeah what why didn't a hundred million dollars that's floating around somewhere else Anyways. okay ring of honor though sorry back to ring of honor who do you who do you think would not bart rager um i'm thinking we're getting close is has amandola been out enough um or welker welker welker's got to be coming up harold crabtree maybe yeah I think I think they should go Welker first because mm-hmm. Welker's officially retired from the NFL too. That could be kind of a semi requirement, not really, but that would be my guess. Yeah, I think he would be kind of the next natural. It makes sense because does he still own the college punt return kickoff record? He could. I'm gonna look it up real quick. I would be very surprised if he doesn't, but who knows? I. I don't think we're quite because Crabtree's still playing. I kind of think once he retires, that may become a little bit more um, of an issue. He's in third. Okay. No, sorry. He's tied for second. Tied for second. There you go. Um, yeah. So Antonio Perkins from Oklahoma tied him in 2004. And then Dante Pettis recently at Washington. 2014 to 2017 passed him. So Pettis has Washington. Yeah, Pettis has nine total. 
Hmm. Welker and Perkins have eight. So that could be recency bias on my part. There may be some guys from the teams from the eighties or something that, you know, Billy Joe Tolliver or somebody, if he's not already up there, maybe he's, yeah, and he's going to be coming up. I was kind of thinking they were almost going chronologically with some of the guys that I had never heard of, um, not, not familiar with, and then working their way up. We get to Zach Thomas in the, in the nineties, like, well, what's next? Who was next? And it was Welker in early two thousands. Kingsbury never yeah. going to make it now that he was a coach here. And yeah. All right. So, Big 12 Media Days. That's coming up already. Man, I can't believe that. Next week. That can't be right. Mm-hmm. In in Frisco. No. In Arlington. It's not at the Star. It's at the. It's actually at the football stadium, which is strange. It is strange because they did the Star last year, right? Mm-hmm. So, Texas Tech is going to take captains – because all five of these guys are captains. Well, there's only... There's only That leaves only... <laughs> I'm leaving 11 captains. I couldn't even back. do the math. <laughs> I'm leaving 11 back in Loving. Captains Broderick Washington, Douglas Coleman, Travis Bruffy, and Jordan Brooks as the official team representatives. And then Adrian Fry is also going as the Big 12 champion for life rep. What is What does that mean? Do you know? I don't. Okay. I'm but, not trying to be funny or anything. I just don't know what that... What that means. Texas Tech is taking five student athletes. Um, yeah. I look forward to the the photo shoots of them in their really nice looking suits. Mm-hmm. That's always that's always cool. I, I always I, like seeing that. I, I don't know why. I want to see if that same reporter that we railed on last year shows up in his ridiculous <laughs> outfit. I can't remember his name, but he looked like. And it wasn't Carlton because I, I I didn't run into him. I saw Carlton in the press box, um, a couple times this past season. He looked rough. Like if you, if you think about like disheveled print journalist, like that's him. His pants are falling off. His hair looks like it's never been combed. Polo was probably wrinkled. Oh yeah, because he had he was shuffling his feet. He had some Hawaiian shirt kind of thing. Yeah, like the big necklace and his. Yeah. Do you have a big mustache? No, I think it was a full beard. Okay. Anyways, okay. Um, I'm trying to find this guy. While you do that, let's talk about the preseason All-Big 12 team. That was also announced, was that today or yesterday? I believe it was today. The 9th. It was yesterday. Um, Not really, well, maybe some surprises. Sorry, autoplay ads here on the page. Um, Quarterback Sam Ellinger from Texas. Running back Puka Williams from Kansas. Running back Kennedy Brooks from Oklahoma. Both of those guys have had some off-season issues and suspensions. That's right. Uh, running back Chuba, Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard, from Oklahoma State. Wide receiver CeeDee Lamb from Oklahoma. Wide receiver Tylen Wallace, Oklahoma State. Wide receiver Jalen Rager, TCU. Tight end Grant Calcaterra, Oklahoma um, offensive line, Creed Humphrey, Oklahoma, Lucas Niang, TCU, Zach Shackelford, Texas, Colton McKivitz, West Virginia, and Jack Anderson from Texas Tech. Hey. All Big 12 defense. Defensive line, James Lynch, Baylor, Jaquan Bailey, Iowa State, Ray Lima, Iowa State, Reggie Walker, Kansas State, 
Corey Bethley, TCU. Linebackers, Clay Johnston from Baylor. Marcel Spears from Iowa State. Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. And defensive backs, Greg Iceworth, Iowa State. A.J. Green, Oklahoma State. Jeff Gladney, TCU. Caden Stearns, Texas. Adrian Fry, Texas Tech. Do you find it odd that Anderson was not included to go to the Big 12 media days? Despite being nominated or being on the on this preseason list and then he... Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe it doesn't matter. It's, it probably doesn't matter. It's probably not a big... Anything to worry about or think about too much. Yeah, so... Um, you just figure one of your best players who's made this list, even though these two lists were probably made in different days. Yeah. This is the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, is Texas Tech taking offensive lineman? Let me see. Let me go back. Sorry. Really Bruff, Bruffy, right? Bruffy. Yes. Travis Bruffy, left tackle. Well, he was the left tackle under Kingsbury. That may change. I'm not sure. Um, preseason offensive player of the year, Sam Ellinger, um, Oklahoma linebacker Kenneth Murray, defensive player of the year, and Oklahoma quarterback Jalen Hurts, newcomer of the year. That's interesting. You know, I mean, that's pretty valid. That's that's uh, he's probably got the best shot at yeah, newcomer of the year. New, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like a fifth year senior getting to be a newcomer of the year. Sure, why not? Hurts versus the field. I'm I'm going to take Hurts. Yeah. Um, other thing really interesting before we move on. Uh, one of the radio shows here in town this afternoon was had like a, a Kansas football reporter. Uh, they're doing an interview with them. They were talking about the Kansas, like what they're going to look like this upcoming season. And they were talking about how Miles um, is going to go with like a possession style um, power running look, like SEC style power. Like that's going to end terribly for Kansas in the Big 12. It's it's fine. It's not going the to The Big work. 12's evolving. Come it's, on, um, Spencer. It's it's good. You got to get with the times. We're running teams now. We we just well, pound the ball. Sure, but um, anyway, it, it just <laughs> reminded me of that line from, uh, what was it, Princess Bride? You keep using that word. I don't think you know what it means. <laughs> I, I, I don't think this is going to work how you think it's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I think it's time. We, we, we need to jump into our honorable mentions, best and worst games. Yep, and we're just going to do the worst ones this week. You're right, you're right. We're doing honorable mention worst games. Chronologically, oldest to newest, most recent. I'm going to start. Okay, all right, you start. This was n- probably not going to be a surprise. 2011, Oklahoma State, 66-6. to This is the uh, the number of the beast game. This is when Oklahoma State was looking to challenge for a national title that year they were number two when they came into Lubbock um nine and zero. they went to ten and zero on this day you fell to five and five ten and zero for the first time in school history yeah Brandon Whedon Joseph Randall um who else they have Blackman Joseph Blackman Justin Justin Blackman Josh Stewart was also there okay anyways um so I was at this game momentarily, as was I. I was just, I was still a student, 2011. Um, I've I probably 
this is one of the only games I've ever left early. And it's the earliest I've ever left a game. I left at halftime. What was the score at halftime, Spencer? I'm glad you asked. At the half, your Red Raiders were down 49 to 0. I don't think it's funny, man. That really sucked. <laughs> it sucks. So I was bad. pissed off. We were like, it was like 35 0 in the second quarter. And I was like, Samantha, I don't really feel like staying. She's like, well, let's, let's just, let's just, let's kind of hold off until the halftime. They scored two more touchdowns. And I like turned to her. I was like, we're leaving. She's like, okay. Um, you did score a touchdown, even though you only got six points. There was a touchdown involved. Um, but it wasn't your offense that scored. Seth Dagey could not push the ball across the goal line in this day. This actually came on a defensive play. Brandon Whedon completed a pass to running back Joseph Randall. Um, linebacker slash safety Terrence Bullitt forced a fumble. Cornerback Cornelius Douglas recovered it and then returned it 37 yards for a touchdown. That was the first score in the, in the third quarter. So the timestamp on that, 13.04. Oh, my um, gosh. Oklahoma State went on to score two more touchdowns and a field goal. Well, insult to injury, too. We missed the PAT. Oh, we certainly did. Because at first I thought, oh, we must have gone for two. And I'm reading back through here because I, I don't want to dig up everything in this old memory bank. But uh, in the recap, it says that the extra point attempt missed. Which was because of course it did. Not uh, an unusual thing of this past decade. Um, other thing to note of this game, one of the things I will never forget watching happen, it was just a comedy of errors. In the second half, I mean, sorry, the second quarter, right after the second quarter starts, really, Oklahoma State scores a touchdown like first or second play of the second quarter, like 14 minutes and 37 seconds remaining. In the second quarter, they score this touchdown. They go up 28-0. to zero. The ensuing kickoff is fumbled by Texas Tech. Oklahoma State recovers the fumble and scores a touchdown. <laughs> In a span of four seconds on the game clock, they had scored two touchdowns. You went down. That's got to be a record. 21-0 to 35-0 in four seconds. So what happened, Quinn Sharp, kickoff 70 yards returned by Ben McCroy. I'm sure we all remember him. We grabbed him so we can get his four-star brother, receiver Javaris, who never made it to campus. Fumbled, recovered by Oklahoma State Josh Stewart at the Texas Tech 3. Stewart returned it three yards. And it wasn't like he just fumbled it, like he was hit and fumbled. Like, he never really received it it like he bobbled it dropped it turned around couldn't find it it was just sitting there on the turf we're just all like what's happening <laughs> we're like pointing at the ball like get the ball just fall on it or something and then oklahoma state picks it up and turns returns it for a touchdown um also from this game is that that shot that we always see of the texas tech fan with his head down Yes, with his, his guns on, up. His gun, that, that came from this game. Yeah, because that scores in the, in the bottom. It was in the second half. You were down whatever it was. It may have been after you scored the touchdown. I kind of think it was. I think it was 66-6 to six Yeah, in the box or, you know, in the score below it. So, 
honorable mention game number one, 2011 Oklahoma State, 66 to six. There are ones worse than this. We promise. Yeah, we really think so because you kind of have to factor in, like you've already mentioned, Spencer. This was the number two team in the country. They were nine and zero coming in, and um, the the thing that stings, I think, the most with this game is they lose the next week. Yeah, at Iowa State in overtime. Well, and Texas Tech is a five win team this year. Yeah, so you can kind of, all right, it. It was terrible. It was. Let's not pretend like it wasn't. the The sixty point margin, I think, is the biggest ever. Yeah, but still. W- but we've got some. Uh, we've got some pretty rough ones. We do. Um, the next one I have on, on our list. Uh, it actually, it, it you went a couple of years without having a really terrible loss. I mean, well, <laughs> there there no, were a couple. No, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> All right, twenty fourteen. You played host to the Arkansas Razorbacks and gave up, um, what was it, like 8 billion rushing yards? It, it was close to that. I think it was... Is that what we said? I think we settled on 438. That's right. That's right. We gave up 438 rushing yards, 68 attempts for 6.4 yards per carry. Yeah. So. They ran the ball 68 times and picked up 6.5 yards a carry. Seven rushing touchdowns. Uh, Alex Collins was the leading rusher, 27 carries for 212 yards, 7.9 yards per carry. Two touchdowns, long of 84. Jonathan Williams, 22 carries, 145 yards, 6.6 yards per carry, four touchdowns. So these two combined for 49 of the team's 68 carries. Uh, 357 of the team's 438 yards and six of the seven touchdowns. I included an honorable mention one because this was like just one of those games where you, you just knew it was coming. Like you couldn't do anything about it. Arkansas controlled the ball for nearly 41 minutes of game time, which is, it's stupid. Um, Matt Wallerstedt resigned after this game. Your defensive coordinator resigned. That was, okay. Is that the best thing to come out of this game? Was it this or the throwback uniforms? Because I think this was the first appearance of the throwbacks, right? Yeah, the the Southwest Conference throwback. That was, because I like those jerseys so much, it was the jerseys. Okay, the jerseys won out. Because your defensive coordinator replacement was Mike, Mike Smith, and he wasn't really... A defensive coordinator he was yeah. a placeholder and the problem with that was he was interim but this was like game this was game three of the season so you rolled with mike smith for nine games in 2014 well if you'd like to stick around 2014 let's do it uh there were eight losses that year sorry really quickly the the, the razorback game uh 49 to 28 this was one of davis webb's first games as a full-time starter that's right is that right? No, because he took over in 2013. So excuse me. No, he was in it though. Yeah. No, yeah, he, he was the he was the quarterback there. Okay. Oh, oh, one other thing you need to mention too, because um, I see I, you mentioned it before we started, so I'm still giving you the credit for noticing it. Arkansas held the ball for 40 minutes and 39 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said that. You did. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was looking at this other stuff. Yeah, I was trying to prep for the uh, the other 2014 loss I wanted to talk about. Forty, 
minutes, 39 seconds to your 1921. Okay, so the thing that, that bugs the crap out of me, yes, they ran for 438 yards. At the end of the day, total yards, 499. They had 61 passing yards. <laughs> At least it wasn't 500. Two turnovers. Um, 32 first downs to your 20. They committed only two penalties for 15 yards. They attempted 12 passes. They were two for two on fourth down, eight for 12 on third down. It's Arkansas. So the good thing about this, I don't know if we'll talk about it, but uh, 2015, the return trip up to Fayetteville, you smacked them around pretty good. Yes. That felt pretty good. The the post-game interview with Kingsbury telling how Bielman just had his ass kicked was pretty good. Um, let's move on to another 2014 gym. Okay. Uh, the 2014 gym that I want to mention was only, let me see. It was right at a month later. I said like two or three weeks later. Yeah. That's what, (laughs) that's what I was looking at right now. I was kind of stalling. Good old 11 a.m. kickoff here at the the, Jones. The best. October 11th against West Virginia. And you guys will probably remember this game as the one where we lost before we started. The game. <laughs> oh no. This was the no, one where we sorry. lost on a 55-yard field goal. This is your game. I, I I shouldn't try to take it over for you. Yeah. This was a this was the game where we lost 37 to 34 on a walk-off 55-yard field goal. And it sounds you know, it's like, well, that's not a bad loss cuz we were in it. Well, no, it's a bad loss. Can I point for to several that, reasons which I, I think you're you're about to get to. Oh yeah, go for it. In the fourth quarter, you score with seven and a half minutes to go. So halfway through the fourth quarter, you were up 34 to 20. You had a yeah. two-touchdown lead halfway through the fourth quarter. Yep. And you lose the game. You lose the game. Um, you lose the game for a couple of reasons. And one of them is that, let me see, I had it down through here. The Red Raiders had 12 penalties for 114 yards. Two of those helped the Mountaineers on the drive that tied it at 34-34. So this was just one of those games that you were um, you were up late at home mm-hmm. during an 11 a.m. just crap kickoff, and you didn't feel very good about it. You had lost three in a row, including that first one to Arkansas. You uh, lost 45-35 to Oklahoma State. Then the next week you lost forty-five to thirteen uh, to Kansas State, but at least those were in Stillwater and Manhattan, so you could kind of they were still beatdowns, not not Oklahoma oh, State, sure. <laughs> but they were they were still rough. Um, but then you come home to West Virginia, a team that let me see, twenty fourteen. Let me go back to my notes I had over here. Up until then, you hadn't lost to them since they be- began part of the Big 12. You were 2-0 and against them, including when they were number four or five mm-hmm. when they came to Lubbock. And that may be on our, our one of our best wins, or it's at least up honorable there. mention. Yeah, on 2012. When you, you took down Geno Smith because he couldn't throw in the wind. That's right. <laughs> the wind was on our side that day. But uh, So you took him down there, then you went up to Morgantown and you won. 
And uh, so you just kind of had a feeling, hey, these guys, you don't feel like you could mm-hmm. always beat them, but you just knew that they were beatable. And then they come to your house and then they, they had win. two 100-yard rushers that day. Good gosh. Wendell Smallwood and Rochelle Shell. Russell Shell. Which that sounds about right. Um, they had 250 rushing yards in the day. Clint Trickett had a whopping quarterback rating of 64.6, but we still couldn't beat him. Davis Webbs was 69.4. See, he was he was better. That's even with an interception. Trickett didn't have an interception. I guess he was just very inefficient. Um, let me see. What were the other kind of key things I wanted to mention here? I wanted to go back to the play-by-play because they're towards the end. You had the ball. Um, you had the ball and you gave it back to him with two minutes and two seconds left, I believe. No, they only had 52 seconds left. Yeah, you, you punted to them. They took a possession with 52 seconds left. They went eight plays in 52 seconds. It was terrible. It was one of those things kind of, you just kind of knew that this was this was it. And here's the thing. Well, uh, no, okay. You took a timeout there before the kick, too. So I I don't know if you were trying to ice the kicker or what, but like. I think he'd missed one earlier that day. In the play-by-play. I think he missed the one as they, they, they tried to ice him. Like he, he still kicked it and he missed it. No. Is which, that really what which happened? Which, of course, is not going to be listed in the play-by-play. I, and this is a memory. I, I may be messing this up because it was a career long for him and it was windy that day. It was always windy. <laughs> but I think he still went through the kick, went through with it, and I think he missed it. Well, he missed – I know he missed one. He missed a 47-yarder that uh, would have made the game 27-23 earlier on. But this was just one of those games that just – you felt like you had it. You did have it. You did. And then you just completely lost it in the last, what, eight minutes? No, like six minutes. Yeah. Because they scored 17 points in the fourth quarter, and yeah. it was all in that six minutes. Mm-hmm. So that's my honorable mention. For, for 2014. For 2014. Do you want to do 2017? You're going to – like the well, same team or you want to skip ahead? Let's keep going chronological. Okay. I think that's right. a, that's the best way to do it. Chronologically, then, next up is 2015 home game versus number three TCU, 55-52. Probably the game most notably, most known most notably for the tipped pass in the end zone that Aaron Green pulled in for the touchdown to take the lead, where – the pass went to Josh Dotson. We actually defended it somehow, knocked the ball away. Aaron Green should not have been there. That he, in all the postgame interviews, he said his route wasn't supposed to end up behind him, behind Dotson. He he did all on its own. <laughs> he ended up there. And not only was he like in the right place at the right time, he also had like a miraculous like dive and toe drag to to score that touchdown. Yeah, it was it was really impressive. <laughs> um 23 seconds left is when that that touchdown you end up scoring that touchdown. This was a a pretty exciting game back and forth between Boykin and Mahomes. 
Boyk ended the day with nearly 500 passing yards. Um, basically, all of them went to Josh Dotson. He had 18 receptions for 267 yards. Aaron Green, 28 carries, 162 yards on the ground. Um, let's see what else I want to talk about. Patrick Mahomes, 25 of 45 for 392, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Had a better QBR than Trevon, Trevon Boykin. His was 84.3. Mahomes was 84.5. Yeah. Suck it. It's better. Um, we, we had a, a better rushing performance. DeAndre Washington, 22 carries for 188 yards for an eight and a half yard per carry average. On 22 carries. So it's not like he had an eight and a half yard average in like 10 carries. Um, Washington had four rushing touchdowns in the day. Mahomes added another one. We had five rushing touchdowns to go with Mahomes two through the year. Um, had two 100-yard receivers. Jakeem Grant had 126 yards. Devin Lauderdale had 110. Um, I also remember there was, a little, there was like a brief rain shower too early on in the game. Yeah, there was. It was kind of chilly. Yeah, really interesting. I, I was in Hobbs this day. I was installing a ceiling fan in the house. Oh, I was at I, I was at this. Game. I watched the end of this game on my phone in Home Depot. <laughs> like my, my father in law was like, "Just pick out a fan." I was like, "In a minute, dude." <laughs> I was pissed because so we were watching the game and like we were like, "Spencer, you can't wait any longer. You have to go to Home Depot now. You have to go do this. We have time to install this thing." I was like, "But the game is on." Um. 55-52, you, you dropped a 3-1, and one, so this was early on in this season. Uh, TCU was number three at that point. You had a great opportunity to to beat them, my goodness. Um, really interesting, like if you look at the, the number of points scored per quarter, TCU first quarter 16 because there was a safety early on. There was like a weird snap that went over Mahomes' head. That yep. Um, they scored 17 in the second quarter, seven in the third, and then 15 in the fourth. So they had a 15, 16, and 17 point quarters. Um, you were pretty consistent: 14, 14, 10, 14. Um, Everything you're rattling off, it doesn't sound like a game we should have lost. No. And I think that's why it's made this list. Because it was a crappy loss. Yeah. Well, that's why it's on this list. <laughs> well, and even and even the... I remember the oop-de-oop they ran on the last play. Oop-de-oop. Almost worked. They, it they, did almost work. They um, they got 40 yards and ran out of lateral, lateraled it at least three times, I think. And uh, then got tackled at the 10, I believe. So they... They got pretty darn close to getting into the end zone. So this is the season, um, 2015. Uh, you faced number three in the FCS, Sam Houston State. You beat them. Um, this is the game that you hosted at UTEP's return trip. You beat them 69-20. to 20. Uh, This is the year you went to Arkansas, beat them. Then you lost this game to TCU. You lost the next week against number five, Baylor. So you had back-to-back top five games that you lost. You bounced back, though. You beat Iowa State, then Kansas. Then you lost three in a row. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then you won two. This is like your first win in Austin is included in that. And then you lose the bowl game to Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. Whoever he played for, doesn't even matter. Doesn't matter. Just him. Just him and 10 dudes. That's basically all they, all they needed. Yeah. <laughs> Especially against a, a Texas Tech team that couldn't stop anybody running the ball. Yeah. The, and, Le- the Leonard Fournette's um, definitely which, won the, the Texas Bowl that year. And it just goes to highlight the the, the stupid policy SEC has about scheduling bowl games. They get to... Right, because that was a chance to play A&M, I believe. A&M, but they were like, well, LSU matches up better because they have Fournette. Yeah. And Texas Tech can't stop. Texas, you know, Texas Tech back gave up 710 beat. total yards to TCU. <laughs> yeah. The following game I want to go over, we're now in 2016. We're... Wrapping up the Patrick Mahomes era, um, bowl eligibility is on the line. You make it up to Ames, Iowa at four and six, but you never get off the bus. You end up losing this game 66 to 10. <clears throat> you were down at the half 45 to three. This is almost as bad as a 66 to six game in terms of your halftime deficit. Except you scored a touchdown. You did in the third quarter. <laughs> Just like you did in the 66-6 game, a third quarter touchdown, and then nothing. Um, Kiki QT scored an 11-yard pass from Patrick Mahomes to make it 45-10. to Just a couple of minutes later, Iowa State would respond, go up 52-10, and then score twice more in the fourth quarter because they also... Sorry, they had a um, a touchdown play. Basically, was to put Joel Lanning and then run like a a sneak or draw up the middle. QB drop the middle. He scored um, the last three. Sorry, he had one, two, three, four, five rushing rushing touchdowns on the day. Joel Lanning, the quarterback, twenty four yards, five yards, nineteen. 35-10. Those are all how long those touchdown runs were for Joel Lanning. I'm watching the replay right now. He was the leading rusher. 17 carries, 171 yards, which is good for 10 yards per carry. My goodness. Five touchdowns. <laughs> That's hard, man. This is one of those the games. Re- the, recap, the recap says it all too. We're reading the ESPN ones just in case y'all want to commiserate. If you want to follow along, yeah. Sure. Uh, it all came together on Saturday for the Cyclones, who pummeled Texas Tech in one of the most stunning victories in school history. Yeah, they had 31 points in the second quarter. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They sure did. I'm looking at that. That's terrible. Um, this is the most points that ISU has had scored since beating Colorado State 69 to nothing in 1980. You know, it kind of hurts. So I'm, I'm looking back through the scoring sur- summary. Uh, you had a 48-yard interception return for a touchdown. Iowa State kicked a field goal as time expired to go into halftime to go up 45 to 3 instead of 42 to 3 because that was necessary. You know Paul what else? Rhodes, you, you know what else stinks? Jackass. This is one of only three games Iowa State won that year. They were three and nine. They were three and eight. No. 
Why'd you have to remind? That just make. We had more wins than they did going into this game. <laughs> they were two and eight when we played them, and but we got destroyed. We got a, a, Let me let me make yeah because they only won two. They they won two games in conference. They were two and six in conference. See that doesn't that makes it it's a bad one. That's why it's on the list. That's why it's on the list. That was uh, I could have done without that. <laughs> this is getting worse as we go along. Yeah. Okay. Let's let me make sure. And I'm these not are wrong the here. these are the honorable mentions, people. Remember that. Yeah, it does get worse. Uh, what yes. year was that? 20... 2016. This is Matt Campbell's first season. They go three and nine, two and seven in the Big Twelve. And two of them against West. We still somehow finished ahead of them that season. Uh, we had we were five and seven, three and six. Oh yeah. So that year, Iowa State lost to Northern Iowa, an FCS team. <laughs> Iowa, TCU. They beat San Jose State. They narrowly lost to number thirteen Baylor, forty-five to forty-two. Lost at Oklahoma State by a touchdown, at Texas. They hosted Kansas State, Farmageddon, lost by five, lost by 10 to Oklahoma. They beat Kansas by seven. So, like a roller coaster, right? You've lost to FCS. You've lost to your in-state rival. You hung with number five. Was it number five, Baylor? Um, 13, Baylor. You number 13, Baylor. Hung with number 12, Oklahoma. Nearly beat Oklahoma State on the road. You you have a narrow one touchdown victory over Kansas, and then you blow out Texas Tech. A Patrick Mahomes led Texas Tech team put three just clobbered them ten points up, and then get destroyed on the road at West Virginia the following week, forty nine to nineteen. That's fun. All right. Um, <laughs> okay, good. This is another twenty sixteen. Uh, I was. Kind of, I I, tr- I was trying to figure out if it was on my worst three or not. It, it's obviously on the on the honorable mention. Honorable for mention. Sure. Earlier in the 2016, this is a little bit out of order. You made the road trip out to out to the desert, Tucson, yeah. Arizona. Mm-hmm. Face the Sun Devils. You Don't up, forget what, Nona. <laughs> you end up losing 68 to 55. It's a game you scored 55 points and lost. There were several of those. <laughs> this type of at least here. the crack the fifties and did. lose. Yeah. Cause that TCU game you just mentioned had, I think it was 52. Yeah. You scored 52 and lost that game. Mm-hmm. You scored 55 in this game and lost. There's mm-hmm. a Oklahoma game that we didn't, um, we didn't pick when it was a uh, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield last meetup. You scored nearly 60 points and lost. Yeah. Yep. Um, so this is this is the one everybody remember where Kalen Balaj sets the record NCAA record by t- um, eight rushing touchdowns eight eight on one play uh-huh. literally like they ran the same play and we were talking about this with Michael we make the joke that like just run run the touchdown play Arizona State had a touchdown play and Texas Tech did not stop it I remember it was like at least three maybe four times in a row of these touchdowns, the exact same play, same direction, same formation, everything. I was like, 
guys, they're going to run the ball to the right. <laughs> it's going to the right. <laughs> it's going right. And we have like safeties and linebackers hanging off the end of the line of scrimmage on the left. I was like, move to the right. And Balazs would score. And then finally, finally, um, oh, what's his name? Gibbs was like, you know what? They've been killing us on the right side. We're going to move a couple guys over. They line up to run the same damn play, and it's a counter. Everybody moves to the right. Balage cuts back to the left and just like just and blows it. their minds. It's like what, what happened? We, we what? <laughs> you mean they were going to run the same play five times in a row? But we knew. But we knew this time. We we caught it. Okay, so um, I'm just going to. So Balage ended up with 185 all-purpose yards with eight touchdowns. Because here's this. Second quarter, Kalen Bellage. So he didn't start his eight touchdowns until the second quarter. Let's just let's think about that for a second. Yeah. Kalen Bellage, one yard touchdown pass. I'm sorry, one yard run. Uh Kalen Bellage, thirty nine yard pass. Kalen Bellage, one yard run. Kalen Bellage, four yard run. Kalen Bellage, two yard run. Kalen Bellage, seven yard run. Kalen Bellage, <laughs> one yard run. Oh, oh, he breaks one here. Kalen Bellage, seventy five yard run. Yeah. Until then. That was in the fourth quarter. Middle of the fourth quarter. Until then, the second and third quarter, his longest scoring play was seven yards. On that same play. The seven-yard play may have been the the counter. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit further out. They had a little bit more room to wiggle. It was like, if it doesn't work, we'll just run the same play the other direction when we get closer. Well, another thing I wanted to mention about this game that was brutal... Patrick Mahomes had 540 passing yards. Yeah. And we and we lost five touchdowns. Just something kind of minute, but something I definitely remember is that this game kicked off at 9 p.m. Central. Hey, guess we, we what we could do this year? What? We have a 9 p.m. kickoff time again. Oh, it's against them too. I don't know, or no, is it Arizona? It's against the Wildcats. That's right. In Tempe. Tempe. Over in Tempe. But yeah, that was insult to injury because we're up past midnight watching this because it, it was close enough where you had to it was it was i mean and you had mahomes and you knew who mahomes was at that point it was so you weren't going to turn it off you're like man I, I don't know mahomes may do some crazy stuff and somehow get us out of here if we know how to stop a damn <laughs> the same play they okay within this the red zone we also couldn't run the ball our leading rusher patrick mahomes 44 yards on 11 carries Behind him, Justin Stockton, seven carries, 20 yards. Demarcus Felton, one carry, five yards. Quentin White, two carries, four yards. Cameron Batson was our leading receiver, 148 yards. Then Justin Stockton. Jonathan Giles, there's a flash in the, flash in the past. Um, wait, wait, wait. Blast in the past, there it is. What was his, That I think this is more than he's had his... His, his entire, entire career, career at LSU. He had nine receptions for 71 yards and a touchdown. So I'm pretty sure it's more than I'm, I can almost for certain say that that's true. Defensive total. Oh, this was like, this was uh, Jordan Brooks's um, freshman year. He led the team in tackles that night with 10. Malik Jenkins had eight. Terry Nguema had seven. Keenan Ward, Justice Nelson, that dude. <laughs> Braden Fajoko, two. 
Kyle Heffron, the deep snapper, had one. I really miss Dylan Cantrell. So I, I feel like Dylan Cantrell was one of those guys that just things didn't align for him like they should have. He had he had the t- he had the tools, he had the talent. He was I mean tangibles. Yeah, he he did. Just I just feel like that was just kind of unfortunate timing somehow that the, things just never. He didn't quite take off like we all hoped and, and saw that he could. Yeah. So in my research for one of these games, um, it was a, a Baylor game. It was a win. Um, one of the last times we beat Baylor, we forced a bunch of turnovers. The next play after a turnover was like a long touchdown to Dylan Cantrell where the um, defensive back had no idea where the ball was. Cantrell just reaches up, grabs it. The the cornerback is like looking at Cantrell who has the ball. He's like, Oh, I should probably try to tackle you. And he didn't. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Let's do the last one. Okay. The last honorable mention gratefully let's on our this. list for me is another West Virginia game. Let's take you back to 2017. This is in Mount, uh, in Morgantown. Yeah. In Mountainville. <laughs> Was that what you were going to say? <laughs> Something like that in the mountains, in Morgantown, uh, Texas tech, Rolled up in there, and I didn't. I didn't remember all the details of this, but the recap started out saying West Virginia finally beat a ranked opponent <laughs> using a big rally to do it. And I thought, wait a minute, Tech was ranked, and sure enough, uh, let's see. Let me scroll back over here. I had 2016 pulled up. Okay, so in 2017, uh, when they went to West Virginia, Texas Tech was four and one. Mm, they right. they had beaten. Eastern Washington, they had beaten Arizona State, exacted some revenge. Uh, they beat Houston, twenty-seven to twenty-four, just barely. In Houston, I remember In Houston. that game. That was that was tight. Yeah, and that was kind of an ugly game, but it they was. they came out. It was one where the, I think it was King, the backup QB came in and just about almost yeah almost won the game for him. Almost pulled it off. And then they lost. In Stillwater the next week against number fifteen Oklahoma State, forty-one to thirty-four. So, somewhat respectable loss. At least just looking at this score, I don't really remember everything. But then, of course, they won against Kansas, sixty-five to nineteen. So you roll in to Morgantown. You were three and two. Uh, no, you were you're you four were and four one. and one. Four and one. Sorry, feeling pretty good, and you were ranked number twenty-four. And you scored first within the first two minutes. I'm going to play this clip really quickly. Sure. Empty backfield as the Mountaineers spring five. On the screen pass, there is room to run. It's and it could perhaps be all the way to daylight. T.J. Vasher with just his third catch of the year, and he goes for a 60-yard touchdown. 60-yard touchdown for the first two minutes of the game. You're like, oh, here we go. Yeah. You're feeling pretty good about it. Uh, you end up with, let's see, let me let me do this. At halftime, you are up 28 to 17. And then at some point, I believe you score again. And you're up, let me see, 35 to 17. So you're, you are up by 17 points. In the third quarter, can I tell you how you got to you, you got your your halftime lead of twenty eight to seventeen? Yeah, I'd love to know. With five minutes to go, 
Nick Shimanek hits Vasher again, this time for a 53-yard touchdown over the middle, jumped up over the the defender to make this catch. I'm going to play it for you again. I, I want to hear it. Shimanek steps into this deep throw, looking down the middle of the field, a leaping try, and a touchdown, Texas Tech. Wow, what a catch. T.J. Vasher goes up to get it. That puts you up 11 points at the half. So you just kind of, you felt like everything was, was, uh, was going well for you. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you you were you were up at half. You you had the momentum. You had your guys. Your guys were making big plays. You scored first in the second half. So yeah, your twenty eight seventeen lead went to thirty five to seventeen. Yeah, and then you so you head into the fourth with an eleven point lead. It's thirty five twenty four going into the fourth, and then the wheels done come off. Because you couldn't, you couldn't convert a first down to save your life. Nothing. Nothing. If I remember this one correctly. Nothing went well in the fourth quarter. You were outscored twenty-two to zero in the fourth quarter. So you went in up by eleven. You came out down by eleven. Yeah. On the road, you know, kind of thinking that hey, we've got to, uh, you know, we've we've got to get these guys. We're we're gonna we're gonna make it work. They, you know, they uh, that last second field goal is still in the back of our minds from mm-hmm. a few years ago. We've, we've got to take them down. Well, you, you've, you've had these demons of like being able to close out a game. In the win probability tracker, Texas Tech topped out at 87.7% after Trey King scores this touchdown in the third quarter to go up 35 to 17. I'm going to play this real quick. Okay. First and 10 of the West Virginia is impressive. And they have committed to the ground game here on this drive as Trey King has open space and he's got. And I remember that. We, like we were like, wow, Kingsbury's running the ball. Like we're we're running the ball. We're doing well, and we're like running time off the clock. It's working, and then <laughs> West Virginia scores twenty-two unanswered points. Well, and you thought you know you think that the running game was was working, uh, and and no, you know twenty-nine. Because Tech did rush for 190 yards, which is a pretty good amount. Respectable for Tech, especially on the road. For Tech, uh, that's that's not too bad. Uh, let's see. But coupled with that, which I would need to go back through and see when it happened, they clobbered up 16 penalties for 159 yards. Well, there you go. That's that's, that's a good reason why that's you a, lost That's a good game. way to lose a game. Uh, their third down efficiency, they were five for 14, which is pretty awful, but West Virginia wasn't any better. They were four for 13. So they were just right there with us. And, uh, you know, Shimanek was 24 for 39, just not the best day, but I mean, the, the, the quarterbacks were neck and neck. It was just, yeah, Greer was 32 of 41. They had almost the same passing yards. Greer had five passing touchdowns. Shimanek had four. Yeah. Uh, just a lot of these stats are really similar. I mean, West Virginia only rushed for 44 yards. That's it. Uh, time of possession, Tech had 29 minutes, 6 seconds. West Virginia, 30 minutes, 54. So uh, a minute difference. Yeah, total yards, Tech had 513. West Virginia, 396. First downs, Tech had 27. West Virginia had 28. They each had one turnover. And yet you went into this fourth quarter 
and blew an 11-point lead. And just complete, like you said, just complete opposite of, of how you started the quarter. Yeah, when, when everything else is equal, like you got to look at turnovers and penalties. You were the same on turnovers, basically the same on every other meaningful stat, or you had a, a pretty good lead. And then you had your penalty, 16 for 159 yards. Yep. And I think that was, if I remember right, that was a lot of the deciding factor of it. That was like extending drives, keeping the ball moving for the Mountaineers. All right. So th- <laughs> there's our there's our seven honorable mentions. So get ready for our next recording where we're going to go through six of our worst three. Yeah. In our minds, we came up with six that were worse than these. So we we each have three each. They're different from each other. So there's six different games spanning 2010. Yeah. All the way up to last season, 2018. So a good range of the spectrum. This wasn't, let's bash on Kingsbury. Let's bash on, on Tuberville or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's mixed. And, and truthfully, the only bad loss from Leach in 09 is that Houston game. And that was just kind of one of those, yeah. Still won nine games that year, so how hung up can we be on it? <laughs> yeah, and you had it, it a good win in the bowl game with yeah. under Ruffin and Lincoln. The, uh, yeah, if OU you, coach in training. He just kept those two, just like. Gosh, I know. Promoted, just keep it rolling. Just promoted McNeil to head coach. But Riley we, to OC. Just to just to recap, we're we're not trying to do this to be masochists. It's just one. It's the no. off season. Yeah, and and the the best games are coming too. The best games that we're going to end on the best games right before the season starts. But we also, you know, we want to show that we've been through some adversity as some fans. We've weathered it. We're still here. We're still fans. We're still rooting for this team. Uh, and y- you know, I think Wells is going to do a fine job, but. We've just got to keep our expectations in check a little bit mm-hmm. and know that even if there's there's a chance that things may not go well, but we've weathered storms. We can do this again. Apparently lots of storms. You should yeah. see our spreadsheet of oh games my gosh. that we chose from. It wasn't even every loss over the past 10 years, but it was like two pages. Yeah, this would be a very... A much longer hold podcast. Hold on, though. Hold on. We we didn't even go through some of the the. Do we want to save the some of the stats, the conference stats, for next week? I don't. Um. How are we on time? One twelve. Okay. This is all we've got. So let's roll. Let, let, let's just do it. Okay. Um. So to wrap up, just just because Michael was curious, and that's just added to the the masochism here. <laughs> We're all familiar that. Texas Tech had some troubles finishing out seasons. I, I did not realize this until this, I looked at this today. I don't know if it was just me trying to push it from, from my memory. Over the past 10 years, you've done this three times. Not even 10 years. No, it's, yeah. You Since had 2011. 2011, 2013, 2018. You ended all three of those seasons on an 0 and 5 stretch. 0 oh, and five to end three different seasons the past seven years. The the only saving grace is that on one of those seasons you still somehow made a bowl game because you it went seven and zero first. It was 2013. Yeah, you went seven and, and then, zero and, and then lost five. And then you won the Holiday Bowl, mm-hmm. which 
I kind of wish we hadn't because you, you my expectations were way too high for 2014, which I think was a four win season. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. Yeah. Um, so three times tech has gone winless from what? October to Thanksgiving to Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the conference records are even worse. Um, very bad. So from 2009 to 2018, this includes four teams that are no longer in your conference. Just let's get that out of the way. Against Colorado, you were one and zero. Yeah, buddy, you won their, your last game against them. Against Nebraska, one and zero. That was you, that crazy sticks game with a broken foot and Sue was and, somehow uh, contained in Lincoln. And you had a defensive t- touchdown in that game. That was nuts. That was a crazy game. Um, Missouri, one for one. I'll take it. A&M, you ended your conference membership. They ended their conference membership, your schedule, on an 0-3 skid. Yeah. You lost your last three games to A&M. This would be where you'd queue up the sad trombone. Yeah. Okay. So, over this past decade, you have a winning percentage like a, a winning record against two conference teams. Michael, you want to guess who they are? I think one of them's Kansas. You're perfect 9-0 and against Kansas. There's yeah. one year when you're still north-south um, that you didn't end up playing them. That's right. It was the year you you played uh, Colorado, Missouri, or Colorado, Nebraska. And we did take them to double overtime once. I think it was 2000. It was one of the... I think it was Tuberville. It was, it was Tuberville year 12. Maybe so. Or 10. Anyways, so there's one. What's the other team you have a winning percentage against? I'm scrolling through here. And it's not really who you would think, but. Yeah, it's it's kind of surprising. You know, you would think, oh, surely Iowa State or Baylor or, Baylor or somebody. No, no, no. It's it's Texas Christian. TC, yeah, four and three. You have a 571 win percentage the past 10 years. Yep. And um, it only gets worse from here. Yeah, so going down. uh Iowa State, you are four and five against them, which includes of the the nine games you played them the past ten years, you lost two, won four, lost three. You've lost your last three against Iowa State. We have not beaten Matt Campbell. Nope, he's a perfect three and zero against you. Um, Baylor four and six, you're four hundred against them. Two wins, five losses, two wins. One loss. So I hope we're not about to start another five loss streak here. Yeah. This this can't be a pattern that can be repeated. Hope not. West Virginia, you are two and five, batting two eighty six against the Mountaineers. Here's the thing, you won your first two games against them, which means you're on an O and five streak. Your current losing streak against them is five games. Kansas State, two and seven. Gosh, this one really hurts. Two and seven. Two twenty two. You won one, lost four. One one, lost three. Tuberville never beat Snyder. And no, he Kingsbury also, only beat him once. Yeah, that was like twenty fifteen or whatever. Tuberville also had to deal with the best Kansas State team of all time, right? Like they they were number one late in the season, end up losing on the road to Baylor, but they had Colin Klein, superhuman quarterback. Well, and he only played him twice, to be fair too, because okay. in twenty ten. Uh, we did not draw Kansas State. 
that year. We did draw them in 20, 2009. Yes. Which was... And we beat game. them. Pretty good. Yeah. That may be on the honor. It probably will be. <laughs> Texas, two and eight. This was this was a stat. Because we started in 2009, just to get a, an even decade, you started off six straight losses. 2009 through 2014? Yep. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Yep. yep. You first beat them in 2015. And then you've won... Every other year, basically, anytime you go to Austin, you've beaten them the past four years. So you beat them in Austin 2015, host them in 2016, you lose. Go back to Austin 2017, you win. Host them 2018, you lose. You get crabtreed, really. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma, two and eight. And this one's sad. This one really is sad. You won one in 2009, then you lost one. You won one in 2011. Which was which was such a fluke on so many, so many levels. <laughs> so many levels. I have no idea how it happened. Chad Glasgow. Yeah. You, Zach Torres. That's how it happened. Alex Torres. Or is it Zach Torres? Is it Alex Torres? When, no, I'm not. I'm not correcting you. I'm, I wonder if that's someone I know. I just offered it and slipped it in there. I didn't get called. Um, seven straight losses. Current lo- losing streak against them is seven. Yeah, have not beaten the Sooners since 2011. Now, your worst conference record resides with Oklahoma State. You're one in nine that over really the past hurts. decade. And that one win came last year. Yep. From 2009 to 2017, you had nine straight losses. Yeah. Good times. So your longest streaks during this, uh, we, we kind of already talked about nine wins versus Kansas, which is his current streak, and then nine losses for versus Oklahoma State, and that was broken this past year, 2018. Excuse me. Um, next longest, seven losses versus Oklahoma. That one's still going. Ongoing. That could go to eight. It probably will go to eight. Let's just be honest. Um, six losses versus Texas. That was broken in 2015 on that trip down to Austin behind Patrick Mahomes. Then you had five losses versus Baylor. Um, it was broken in 2016. And you've got five losses currently going versus West Virginia. Which who knows? They, this they, this they year's going to... A ton of people too. Yeah, they've got a whole new staff as well. Who knows what's going to happen. The next longest streak... So this has all been... There's been one win so far. Like one win streak at nine. Then you've got nine losses, seven losses, six losses, five losses, four wins <laughs> against Iowa State was broken back in 2016. And then you got four losses versus Kansas State broken back in 2015. We were not very good against conference play. We probably won't no. be this year either. <laughs> <laughs> but we were building towards something. That's right. Right? Yeah. Okay. It, 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 it can get better. It will get better. All right. We've got one question. From Kyle, um, Kyle's Red Raider Double T at Sports Kingdom Three. Do you have any traditions or entertainment to get you through the dead months of college sports between baseball and football? I I no nothing. I mean, used to before kids, I would play video games. That would be kind of where I would just kind of veg out and 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 play video games as much as I could. Really, now though, I read. I actually 
read a little bit or I catch up on shows because Stranger Things. Exactly. I was <laughs> that's exactly where I was headed, and I'm not gonna no spoilers, don't worry. But I did plow through season three in Wait, two days. Have you gotten the one where L dies? Hey. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's not a I know and my my reaction was anyway. Uh <laughs> it's it's a really good season. I quite enjoyed it. But that's the kind of thing I try to do is just kinda of catch up with some shows and some reading and I really try not to, aside from this podcast and stuff, I try not to think too much about sports. Just kind of let my brain clear itself Rest. out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was going to say the MLB baseball, his very next line, please don't tell me MLB. Yuck. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is a professional sport. So you got to kind of wade yourself through that one. Um, because baseball is one of my like longest running sports fandoms is baseball. I, I kind of, tune back in once Texas Tech hits an off season. Um, but for him, he says, for me, it's big brother. It's in the perfect time slot to have something fun to watch. I have a friend that I worked with for years. He's in a different job now, but he w- he didn't watch any reality TV except big brother. He watched it religiously every, every season, every year. And he and one or two other people at the office, they would, because uh, I'd hear him talking about, hey, did you watch yet? It's like, no, 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 I've got a DVR or, or whatever. And then they would catch up and they'd talk for like 20 minutes about Big Brother. And I just I just think it's great because he was some guy that you, you would never think would watch something like that, but he was just completely into it. He couldn't help himself. So I've heard it's, I've heard it's some pretty good TV. But, I, but I yeah, I don't have anything. I, you know, sometimes they'll have those silly game shows that they do during the summer. Dude, that so, will kind of um, suck you in. There's that like that mini golf one that I've. They advertise the heck out of that during the finals, but I've never actually watched one. I, I, I said it to record. I haven't watched it yet. I, I can't remember what it's called. My wife and I got sucked into the Masked Singer, oddly enough. Yeah, but that was during them. We're, basketball. And I are also watching one. It's called Songland. So these independent songwriters are performing for like some big name song producers. And they they have like one rotating person, um, so it started off with. Um, there's been, Will I Am. There's been, um, John Legend. Oh, there's Megan Trainer. Yeah, I saw a preview for that just recently. It's really it's it, it's entertaining. Okay. Um, but yeah, so just to catch up on shows that you normally would throughout the fall, but you're like I can't watch any more TV because I've spent so many hours watching football or sports yeah. or something. <laughs> um, but that's, and I, I plan on this. I touched on this on the Slack chat. Um, I'll be a bachelor for a few days in late August. And so I'm going to take advantage of a free HBO trial to, uh, <laughs> to uh, watch season two of Barry, which I really enjoyed season one. I'm speaking, I just, I don't know why I thought it was, I need to start watching season two of um, Yellowstone. Oh, but see, that's a show I still haven't started. But I mean, everyone tells me it's good. Paramount Network. Um, I don't have that one. But then I think there were two other things I wanted to get on with HBO Live. Sorry, HBO. It was uh, Chernobyl. I heard Chern- Chernobyl's just dev- devastatingly great. And then, gosh, I'm completely blanking on the oh, the leftovers. That series, the leftovers, that ended years ago. Mm. And I watched the first two seasons of it, but then I canceled HBO before I watched the third and final season. So there you go. That that's my plans. I just trying to catch up on some shows and 
read some books. I, I, I may try to read. I'll probably just fall asleep or just watch a lot more shows with Samantha. The wife. Can't go wrong. Um, everybody's favorite segment, Going Yard. Okay, what do you got? I don't know if I've said this before. I probably have because it's, it's my grass and it's struggling. So it's like I'm always complaining about it. I, so what's happening, there are dry spots in my yard that aren't getting enough water. And I think what it is is that some of the sprinkler heads have settled over the 18 months we've lived there, which is, it's, it happens, right? I, I try to have long, tall grass and um, the ground around the, the sprinkler head gets a little extra saturated if the grass is long, which leads to the sprinkler head getting deeper, which kind of compounds the issue of it not getting up over the grass. Um, so there've been some dry spots. I've, I've reached out to the guy that installed it originally and he's not responding. I reached uh-huh. out to a landscaping company that specializes in, in irrigation. They said, okay, we'll give you a call to schedule one of our irrigation techs to come out. They haven't called me. I was like, I'm not going to chase you down to, for me to pay you to fix this. <laughs> um, if you want my business. And here's the thing. I, I think they just need to like take the sprinkler head off of the water line underneath and put like a spacer on it and put the sprinkler head back on. So it's just basically going to raise the whole thing up. Yeah. As opposed to just the thing that pops up. Right. Cause I, I was trying to look into replacing those. I remember like, you saying I, that. I just want a taller ones. So like, no, there's actually a cheaper way to do it. They have this little, it's like a male to male just spacer. It's like threaded on both sides. You just screw it in. And then however many, however tall you need it, it's how you, where you cut it off and you just put the sprinkler head back on top of it. Anyways, seems fairly intuitive. I don't want to mess around with it because you have to like dig out around the sprinkler head. You have to protect the sprinkler line so you don't get dirt in it so it doesn't blow mud into your sprinkler head and clog it up. Anyways, I'm willing to pay somebody to do this. Nobody's taking me up on it, which is strange. I don't want to do it myself. So I've been hand watering some of the spots that are are struggling, Mm -hmm. which is Somebody's like, why are you out there watering your yard? You have a sprinkler system that runs all the time. Um, I was like, well, because look at where it's all dry and dying. It's because it's not getting water. Um, other interesting things. So I've got this, like a full sprinkler cycle running, like the, the full water cycle. It runs three days a week. And because it's so dang hot right now, it actually runs a very abbreviated cycle in the afternoon to cool it off. It like it runs three or four minutes per zone at five o'clock, which sounds dumb, but what it does, it cools the grass off. It's not like for watering, hmm. but it cools it off and helps it not be so dang heat stressed. And it's not really a concern for Bermuda because Bermuda loves the heat. It's going crazy right now. Everybody's Bermuda lawns. Are I know it's fantastic. Nuts. I know. Um, fescue was not, cultivated to grow in 105 degree temperatures which is exactly what we've seen the last few days yep um today included until we got that little storm in the area yeah naturally i had my windows cracked because i was not expecting it to it only only sprinkled too it wasn't like heavy yeah it it wasn't bad it was completely dry by the time i got to my truck yeah okay what did we learn this week uh i learned i learned two things just kind of related to the heat one this this morning when i got in my truck which I park in the garage, mm-hmm. the temperature read 91 degrees. That was after a night of being in the garage since about eight o'clock. So, so the garage sure holds some heat in. What, what you should do is in the afternoon when you come home, don't close it all the way, like crack it. So like it's not so much the crack at the bottom 
as the crack at the top that lets all the heat get out. Well, that's that's what I try to do. I try to do something rem- like that, but then I've got to remember. Remember to close all the way. I mean, it, you're, you're probably in a neighborhood, you're fine like to leave a little crack. The biggest issue is you might have bigger critters get into your garage than normally would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so you, you have to remember, mine, unfo- because my house faces west, garage, unbearable in the afternoons because the door is just, it, it's an oven. Yeah. It just radiates heat. Well, our, our door doesn't face the sun it faces north no the door yeah the door faces north Mm. but the garage is on the west side so there is a full wall exposed to the sun but it's not you know it's just it's just hot it is (laughs) (laughs) the other thing i really wanted to touch on though was that um kfc has a new sandwich and it's for a limited time only I'm looking at, so I haven't been in KFC in forever. Me neither, but I may go for this. I, I, I am not joking when I say we talked about reminders while ago. I put a reminder in my phone every Monday for the month of July to remind me to go get this sandwich because I think it only is around the month of July and it's their Cheetos sandwich. Why on Monday? I don't know. Just cause that I'll just, I don't have to get it on a, on a Monday, but it's just a reminder just for, for my week. And so, do, do you know if they do a, a spicy version of this? They like a flaming hot Cheeto. I don't think so. I, th- I don't think they have. I'm sure they will probably get to that point at some at some time. That's I, a obvious next step. I think. Unfortunately, I think you're right. I would much rather them go with the jalapeno Cheeto mm. if uh, if they were to go to a spicy step because that's definitely my preference. Yeah, it, it, for certain. Like not on a on a chicken. Do you want to use the the flaming hot lime? You just went straight flaming hot. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to read the description to y'all. Oh, yeah. Here we go. In case y'all have already, in case y'all haven't heard of this uh, delectable thing. KFC's new Cheeto sandwiches are a popular crispy kernel sandwich smothered in Cheetos sauce and a layer of crunchy Cheetos. Seriously. Only the finger licking cheesiness of Cheetos could rival our finger licking good chicken. So KFC and Cheetos joined Flavor Forces to make this deliciously crispy, crunchy, cheesy sandwich. But it's only available for a limited time. So get to KFC and enjoy these orange fingers while you can. So it's it's a it's their chicken breast sandwich. And just judging by the picture, it looks like it's it's orange. Yeah, it's orange because it's got that Cheetos sauce on it. Which can you buy Cheetos sauce? Maybe they should they should probably they should, sell they should that bottle now. that. Yeah. And it looks like it's on a bed of Cheetos. That's on mayonnaise and there might be pickles on the top. I can't quite tell, but I'm going to eat this, this thing because I am totally into these weird type of gimmicky things that fast food places do. I, I can't resist it. I think the first one that I really remember getting into was when Jurassic Park came out. They had, and this was 93 or whatever, this 92 or 93, they had these it wasn't a happy meal at McDonald's. It was like a, they marketed it and they called it something else. It was a scary meal or something. It was more like a, (laughs) it was like a, a preteen meal or, Mm. or tween meal. It wasn't, it was marketed for the age group just above happy meal age. And, uh, they had all this Jurassic park themed stuff and you could get like a double or a triple cheeseburger. And I remember getting a triple cheeseburger (laughs) Because I was like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I've, Dad, you've got to take me to go get a triple cheeseburger. And we did. And that could be why I gained a lot of weight when I was like in fourth and fifth grade. 
<laughs> that may have been what started it, but that was the first gimmicky thing I remember seeing come on TV, and I thought, this is this is for me. I need to try this. I need to see if I can do it. And I could do it, and I could do it very easily. <laughs> yeah, so this, this Cheeto sandwich is kind of growing on me. The more I look at it, I should probably just close the window. Maybe we should, uh, you know. We, we should have a, a 23 person a lunch gathering i'm I'm for it just taking the planes let's just go ahead and invite keith invite everybody see if they want to go to hey congrats labar he uh he landed a full-time job gets to stay in the lubbock he gets to stay in the lbk that's great congrats dude um kyle keith labar we're gonna go get some some orange fingers on (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to get the sandwich i wouldn't oh but you do (laughs) okay spencer's spencer's calling y'all out we have to all get the sandwich oh i can't wait to get it yeah, I, I don't know if I even want to wait for them. We should just do it on our own. Yeah, I'm whenever. I'm fine with it. We could we could go this week because I don't know. I don't know if if uh, you know when the promotion ends. I know it's it's it's, it's like the the buffalo chicken strip sandwich at Whataburger. It's like limited I, time. I'm I don't know how long that limited time is, and it's been here for a while. So it's it could bound, be tomorrow. Bound to leave any day now. Yeah, really, is any really what I'm second. saying. Any second it could leave, especially with Chicago screwing things up. <laughs> I tell you what, that time we went to go get a chocolate shake. This was a couple, like a week or so after the Chicago announcement. Ordered a chocolate shake. They served us a vanilla shake. Oh, that's that's backwards. It's disappointing. That's like going into the fourth quarter up by 11 and then coming out of the fourth quarter down by 11. Yeah. That's the Chicago way. <laughs> that's my really bad Sean Connery Untouchables impersonation. Yeah. All right. For Michael, which I... I can get his name right, I promise. For Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks for joining us again on the 23 Personnel Podcast. We will see you again in two weeks. Ten majesties.